Hello and welcome to the Life Tools podcast. In school, we learned history and algebra, foreign languages and chemistry, but nobody taught us tools for life. How do we deal with self-doubt? What are beliefs and how do they influence us? How do we find ourselves when we feel lost? And how do we make a healthy decision? Many people learn these things much later in life, after three, four, even five decades of existence, and often the hard way. For a few, like myself, I had to learn them very early. I created this podcast to share with you the tools that have helped me greatly in my own life. They're small actions anybody can take that bring big results over time. Let's get to it. Hello everyone. This week we are doing something different. This was actually inspired by a French podcast I listened to whose host, like myself, is sick of every conversation being about the coronavirus and everything related to it. I'm all for getting informed, but repeating the same conversation with every single person is tiring and, more importantly, not helpful. So from time to time, why not talk about something different? Enter Tim Ferriss and his now very famous 11 questions. These are the questions that he sent to people he held in very high esteem. Then he gathered the answers and compiled them into a book that he titled Tribe of Mentors. I love these types of questions because they encourage self-reflection, which increases self-awareness. When done with someone or with a group, they give way to deeper conversations and therefore deeper connection. So really, what's not to love? I'll give my own answers on this episode with the hope that they bring you some value and encourage you to do the same. Number one, what is the book you've given most as a gift and why? Or what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? I've read and loved and been moved by many, many books, but there's one that stands out to me as the book that changed me so much that it drew a line between the me before I read the book and the me after I read the book. Or maybe I should say books, because it's a trilogy titled Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. This trilogy talks about all the big questions in life, beginning from humans, expanding out to society and the world, and further expanding out to the universe. Who are we? Why are we here? What is God? Who is God? What is our place in the universe? What are feelings and emotions and what are they there to tell us? How do we navigate our way through life? What is right and wrong and good and bad and is there really such a thing? What is truth and how do we tell truth from lies? What is our relationship to people, to nature? What makes up the stuff of the universe? What are we made of? Are we alone in this universe? What is a thought? Is there such a thing as destiny? Do we create our life or are we just puppets in a show? Is reincarnation real? What comes before and after life? Are there worlds other than the one we know? Does God have feelings? Does he really punish those who don't follow his word? And what is his word? Etc, etc, etc. After reading Conversations with God, I saw everything, absolutely everything, with new eyes. If many of the questions I mentioned here are questions you are exploring yourself, then I highly recommend you get this trilogy. 2. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last 6 months? I recently bought a very simple wooden standing desk and hands down it's the best purchase I've made in a very long time. It's the perfect height for me to be able to work standing. I read somewhere some years ago that sitting down for a long time is literal death for the body because in this sedentary state, your cells age and die much faster. For people like myself who have serious back problems, that's a hundred times truer. 
Sitting for hours upon hours in a row is so painful, so uncomfortable, it's like dying in real time. Earlier this year, I did online classes, sometimes as long as nine straight hours a day, not even counting preparation and checking exams, so this standing desk was my lifesaver. Three, how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Do you have a quote-unquote favorite failure of yours? I don't even have to think to know the answer for this. My life from age 19 to almost 30 revolved around my chronic illness. Every day was a battle to live a normal life despite the pain in my back, in my neck, in my hips, in my knees and ankles and collarbones, even my jaws. The pain was all-consuming and always there, and when I say I did not have one second of relief from it, I am not exaggerating. This was a huge blow for me, partly because being in constant pain was not fun, but mostly because I had to accept the fact that while most people spend their 20s traveling, experimenting, and chasing their dreams, I spent mine being sick. There were moments when I couldn't help but feel like a failure. But in retrospect, it taught me so much about myself and who I am and just in general life and how to get through the ups and downs. It also brought me to Udangshan to learn Tai Chi, a practice I really love. Then in contact with my Shifu, who taught me practices that restored some mobility back to my spine, as well as how to meditate. And then there's the fact that being sick and having very low energy pushed me to learn how to optimize the energy that I did have. It forced me to learn to say no, to take care of myself, to see the value in my life and in my presence on this planet. It was also during this period that I did an elimination diet to discover what foods aggravate my pain. And also the period when I learned about toxic chemicals and everyday products like shampoo and soap and lotion and just about everything we put on our skin. After that, I slowly switched to cleaner products and learned to read ingredient labels instead of being fooled by clever marketing. I could go on and on. Suffice it to say that I became a different person, a better person, from having been seriously ill. 4. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? This is tricky because I've collected so many quotes over the years that I live by, but since the work I find to be the most meaningful at this stage in my life is my work with children, then I would share this quote. When you parent, it's crucial that you realize you aren't raising a mini-me, but a spirit throbbing with its own signature. This is from Dr. Shifali Chabari. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Author of Conscious Parenting. I believe that if we all adopted this belief, it would naturally change the way we treat children. We would be more allowing, more respectful, more open-minded, more positively curious, and supportive. Five. What is one of the best and most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Could be an investment of money, time, energy, etc. Two words, personal development, meaning all the money I've spent on books, all the time I've spent reading them, all the energy I've devoted to applying what I learned. The only reason I consider myself to be an emotionally healthy and emotionally mature human being today is because of that investment, which doesn't mean, of course, that I applied everything I read, or that what I have applied, I have applied perfectly. It just means that I've done a lot of work on myself and it has been an absolute contribution to my life and I will continue working on myself. 6. What is an unusual habit or thing that you love? 
I love rain and I love cloudy days. Most people prefer warm sunshine, but I like clouds and wind and gray skies. Seven. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life? Exercising regularly. This might be a no-brainer for most people, but from age 13 onwards, which was when I started having very bad back pain, moving became painful, and not moving made moving even more painful. So it was a vicious cycle. Now that I'm better, I'm making it a point to rebuild my muscles, especially the ones on my back that have gotten really weak. I like to change up my exercise routine every now and then, depending on my mood. Right now, I'm really loving standing Pilates exercises. Eight. What advice would you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? And what advice should they ignore? I would say make regular quiet time sacred. This is the space where you meet yourself, and when you are in touch with yourself, you're much less prone to losing your way because your inner compass is much clearer. Ignore any advice that feels to you like self-betrayal. Nine. What are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? I don't claim to be an expert at anything, but I've been doing inner work every single day since I was maybe 15, so I've gathered quite a bit of experience in this area. I would say that affirmations, the way most people teach them, is spiritual fluff. No amount of repeating "I am beautiful," "sexy," and "fabulous" will change your perception of yourself if your current belief is you are ugly, unattractive, and boring. I say this because I have tried it. If an affirmation feels too far from your current belief, go step by step, one better feeling thought at a time. Don't try to go from level one to level ten right away. In the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? What new realizations and/or approaches helped? I've become better at saying no to behavior that I'm not okay with. I've learned that it's okay to express that we are not okay with something, even in cases when there is no ill intent from the other party. If we don't like a certain behavior from someone and yet it keeps repeating, it probably is because we keep tolerating or accepting the behavior, and so it's our responsibility to communicate that it's not okay. Eleven. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? I make quiet time a priority. I journal out my thoughts. I meditate. I do relaxing activities like cook or take long walks. I do whatever I have to do to feel more centered. I get clear on what's within my circle of control, what's my responsibility, and what's not. And from there, it's just about taking the next small right step. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you try answering these questions yourself. Next time you get together with friends or family, instead of spending the whole time talking about the same thing that everybody is talking about, try asking any or all of these questions instead. I personally find it really fun and helpful because, in the process of answering the questions, you learn so much about yourself and about other people. Like I said, these types of questions foster self-awareness and connection. You will walk away from the conversation feeling uplifted and armed with resources you could use for your own life. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye.